Welcome to another episode of Contacts with Advanced Design. This is Hector Silva, and we are doing a special Square One version of our podcast. We're live here from San Francisco in the heart of the city, Russian Hill neighborhood. So if you hear background noise, such as trolleys and motorcycles, uh, please excuse us. But we're here with Fed Rios at 9 a.m. in San Francisco the day after Square One. How are you doing, buddy? Feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to share how the conference went. Absolutely. And can't wait for the next one. For sure. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, before we talk about Square One, let's kind of dive in a little bit about you. For those who missed Square One, um, and let's share with them kind of where you got your um, your design genes from and your interest and how you got started and where and how how you ended up as a now as a full-time industrial design consultant. Perfect. Yeah, so for those who couldn't make it, I'll give you a short summary of what um, I shared here at the conference. Uh, I was uh, born in Colombia, in South America, basically, uh, at the age of 12. Uh, when I was about to start sixth grade, we had to immigrate to the U.S., so we kind of left stuff behind, moved here. Uh, we didn't really know any English, me and my family, so we just kind of had to figure that part out. Um, and I started really getting an affinity for art and just kind of finding my refuge there. So just doing a ton of sketching, drawing, and painting, and sculptures with found objects from a pretty early age. So. Uh, that got me into a, a magnet arts high school and started there just kind of honing a portfolio, getting portfolio prep classes and AP art classes to kind of start the art process at a high level. Um, from there, I went to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. Um, after that, you know, graduated and got a job in Chicago right away after school. So I moved there. As a recent grad, um, started working for Radio Flyer, which is a toy design company. Um, you might recognize them from the Little Red Wagon. Some of you probably had as kids. Um, and after designing toys there for a couple of years, I moved on to SRAM, still in Chicago, which is a cycling component manufacturer and design firm. Um, doing anything to do with bicycle training and racing um, so those of you that are into bikes, you probably have SRAM components on your bikes. Um, and after six years there, um, just this year in April, um, I started consulting on the side on my own. Um, you know, established an LLC, and I'm now in the process of learning everything about running a business and um, how to do client management and the other business side of the sign which I don't think you get too much of in school. At least when I was in school, it was more focused on the hard skills and learning how to do the design work, but not really how much, as much on how to sell that and get clients and all the minutia things such as mm -hmm. invoicing and writing proposals <clears throat> and uh, even client meetings, leading that kind of stuff. So I'm learning Mm -hmm. through practice just how to do the, how to do that what works what doesn't and yeah that's what it really has me going these days is learning how to start a studio and how to grow that hopefully so that's where i am so um, most students think that they stop learning after they leave school that's when they that's really when the learning begins yeah i would totally agree absolutely not uh 
I would say I learned more in my first job than I did uh, just through school and many, many other aspects you can't really anticipate. The, there's no curriculum, so <clears throat> this is rapid fire. You're there at least eight hours a day, so anything is a new learning experience. Um, and right after school, your mind is still very hungry and ready to pick up everything and anything you can. So, yeah, I would say the first few years after school are super formative and you're going to pick up a lot. And if you can, you still have probably young and still have that drive. So practice whenever you're not at work. I would say if you have the time and you can devote the time, practice all those hard skills that are just going to make you a better designer. You know, never stop sketching or modeling or prototyping or doing the things that you learned in school but you know out of the context of a class or of a deadline just just do them for practice sake and to improve um, to get better uh, yeah for your own satisfaction too that's yeah that's very good uh it's very good uh very good thing to do as a student is to just continue to invest yourself in your own education because uh, after you leave, the, the, the school's contract with you is over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so after that, it's totally up to you. Yeah, you own it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you went to uh, Carnegie Mellon, and then you ended up working in Chicago, where, where we met uh, right. early in our careers, <laughs> like very early. Man, we were babies. Yeah. Um, but you started working at Radio Flyer. Um, were you at all interested in, you know, Radio Flyer is. A little bit of so you have the little red wagon so it's a, a toy yeah right toy there's design. there's also a aspect of understanding uh, transportation so their product line and their product philosophy i really liked and i resonated with one of the reasons i took the job everything they make is to inspire active play mm -hmm. so to encourage people to get outside get moving uh, most of the toys are wheeled toys so from the earliest of ages kids that are just learning to walk there's a lot of balance and push uh driven products so all the solutions that they're designing are to encourage people to get moving and preferably to get moving outside so as soon as they graduate from the very very early toddler toys and everything is just to get you moving in the playground or in your backyard or kind of down the sidewalk um and even for those little babies that are not um even moving just yet and they have the wagon so the parents can transport the kids so yeah it's all about mobility um mm -hmm. from a very familiar personal perspective mm -hmm. and and yeah that I, I started there and then that kind of started awakening my passion for doing just a little bit more high performance moving objects mm -hmm. like bicycles and racing uh, bikes and that kind of stuff but yeah i started designing products and objects with wheels pretty early on. So that's always been kind of a focus of the products that I've been able to put out and ship. Yeah, and then you ended up, uh, you said you, then you moved over to SRAM and mm -hmm. um, that was a whole a whole different, because um, that's more than you said, manufacturing and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like just from your work, you, you're you very technical in your design work. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, how do you get that? <laughs> do you... So, um, some people might design, I guess, what you can qualify as simple objects. That mm -hmm. is one part, one finish, one manufacturing process. Mm -hmm. Like this phone case we're looking at here is um, probably injection molded out of a single material, and it has maybe one pad print. Uh, where 
rest. The stuff we were designing for bikes, maybe you can think of a, a derailleur, which is the component that shifts your gears in the back of the bike that has tons of little screws, all these pivots, all these joints, all these spring mechanisms, uh, pulley wheels and bearings, um, all these carbon fiber and metal components working together to perform a single task. It's just really to get your gear from one to the next, but for that object to perform well, um, we have to not only design the overall look, but all those 50 parts as well and how those 50 parts fit together. Um, how it functions well in each of its motion states. So if it's a 12 gear bike, the derailleur lives and has to work in 12 positions. So all of those need to be considered. Um, we have to also kind of design it in each one of those positions, look at it from every angle in one of those positions. Um, a suspension fork, for example, you have its uh, extended state and its compressed state. So both of those need to be looked at and make sure the design works. Um, there's a lot of clearance issues, a lot of compatibility issues with all the bike frames that the components will go on. Um, so the design objects and design solutions have done are all super technically driven and there's a lot of constraints from engineering, um, a lot of constraints from material science, what the materials can do. And one more thing I'll say that I really enjoyed about that job at SRAM, it was performance driven, not cost driven. Mm -hmm. So we didn't focus too much on cost reducing or picking a cheaper material or, you know, trying to shave dollars out of parts. We were trying to shave weight and, and mm -hmm. make things perform better um, as at the forefront. And then the cost would be figured out a little later. So yeah, we had more time to design at the top end, which I thought it was a great experience. Um, some people might have to deal with early on, depending on their industry, with more cost cutting from people above them. You know, that's something that's out of your control or, um, yeah, the constraints that I had were very unique and whatever industry you end up working with will have its own constraints, mm -hmm. um, depending on that. But as a student, as a, a, a recent graduate, everything you just told us is pretty intimidating right because you Man, you yeah. you uh leave school yep. and you're at school i feel uh, the majority of the time they really tell you to think about the macro so the bigger right. product the bigger object yeah but what you just explained was the micro oh, designing the all the little parts the 50 little parts you just talked about yeah how does someone prepare for that? Is that something that at work at SRAM, you had to zoom in and you had to design every little part, you had to make sure it fit, right? So great point. We never tried to lose sight of the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Anytime we did the CAD for a tiny little screw that was a couple of millimeters, I mean, we would always make a prototype, either get it machined in the machine shop or 3D printed, whatever, we would assemble it into the final overall component, the little part would go on, then we would bolt it onto a bike, we would actually have it on a bike, and then we would build the entire bike out, and then have that in a room, and step back and look at the entire thing. So we were, we always try to focus on the overall um, yeah, design solution, what's it really trying to do? Are you trying to shave a few grams so you can race faster are you trying to make mm -hmm. it shift quicker um yeah so in, in a way the design of those little components 
the way they looked was inconsequential as long as the overall picture was there. And the second part of that was product testing. We were always very encouraged to make those prototypes functional as quickly as we could and then put them on our bikes and go riding. So that personal experience of how did it feel, how did it work, was always ingrained into the design solutions. We never just did anything to look pretty or to look fast only. It, it still had to work at the end of the day. And um, yeah, those were all things I learned after school. So I, I wanna keep that um, emphasis that I didn't have all this technical knowledge in school. I took a few engineering classes that were very basics, just more, uh, part of the curriculum to understand mechanisms and understand how to work with engineers. Mm. But I think that the biggest skill we learned at CMU was learning how to learn, learning very quickly that you don't know anything of a subject when you first encounter it and learning where to get that material, who to talk to, how to get the right experience. And yeah, over, over six years there, that technical knowledge just became part of the job. So I didn't come out with it. I just had, I think, a portfolio with enough of the hard skills that showed that I could visually communicate ideas, have an understanding of form, and an understanding on how to translate that form into an object. So, you know, as, as long as the company can see your affinity and ability to make those things happen, then you can pick up the, uh, I would say, idiosyncratic components of each job. Each job is going to be different and what the goals are or what the product is, what the solution is. You might not be designing products, you might be designing experiences or other things, but most of what you'll need for that actual exact job description, you'll probably learn in the job. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, being on the professional side for a while, everybody that hires you is going to be understanding. They're going to be patient. They want you to succeed. They're not you know, trying to get you fired because you don't quite understand every single aspect at the beginning. I mean, it's the other way around. They want to elevate you and get you up to that, you know, um, level of competency where you can perform just like every other designer there. You know, it's, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's a team um, and everybody's just trying to make the best product solutions. So... Yeah, it's, it's intimidating at first, but just try to be that sponge, try to absorb as much knowledge, ask as many questions from anybody that's more senior. Um, if there's any travel involved to maybe another location or a vendor visit, wherever that might be, just really, really try to take in as much as possible. Yeah, I, I did a lot of uh, trips to factories early on to really understand the process, of how things are made, how they're assembled, uh, how they're finished. Um, yeah, when, when I started, I just took hundreds and hundreds of photos. And I guess it depends on where you go and how secretive it is. But my team understood as long as it was internal and it was for, for me to process and then kind of review later. And then, yeah, take notes, interview the people there, um, really observe what's happening, try to dissect the process, whatever it is. And yeah, that's going to take you really far. Just using your first job out of school to really, really learn how to be a designer in the field. You know, that's probably the most important you can do there. So just a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. I feel like yeah, every job, sure. you just have to, yep. uh, you know, get up on, uh, on the level of everyone else, be on the same page and that, that can take a little bit, but that's mm -hmm. okay. I think 
getting a new job is intimidating. Um, but they hired you for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously, like you said, like why would they be yeah. doing the, the opposite of trying to get you fired? You know, they yeah, would have yeah. hired you. Exactly. <coughs> oh man, we'll cut this part out. Sure. <coughs> now there will be post. That's good. I think I'm getting sick because of the squirrel. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. <coughs> you know, also. Uh, a lot of trolleys and motorcycles here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's dive into um, square one. Let's let's dive into your experience as a, this is this is the first year that you're you're speaking and mm-hmm. being a part of of a speaker as opposed to an attendee. And I know you've you've been an attendee in past years, and we appreciate that. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your experience and um, your interaction with you know students and professionals and just the overall kind of experience um so i was pretty nervous getting ready getting you know my slide deck finished up and and tightened up and you know rehearsing quite a bit to make sure that i had my lecture right um i've done a few workshops and and classes and, and more demonstration type stuff like this on the education sector but when it came to just doing a you know, a one and a half hour lecture with a overall theme and a big lesson and a big takeaway out of that, where I really had to craft a story that was a little bit new, crafting it for this audience. So um, that took me a little bit to get ready and, and a lot of nerves there. But after I got up on stage, talked to everybody, the audience just has tons of love. Uh, everyone was super attentive and just receptive to the message I was trying to share with everyone. Um, yeah, just the the level of dedication by everybody that attended um, was really really nice. Uh, got tons of feedback from attendees after on how to improve it or how to do it differently next time. Um, just super constructive stuff, and people were very willing to share what they got out of it with me, which is very nice. Um, in turn, that helps me take it if I end up doing any more speaking engagements taking that advice and going with it. Uh, as soon as my talk was over, I had the opportunity to relax a little bit, a huge sense of relief, and mm-hmm. actually attend and enjoy everyone else's lectures, which were super eye-opening. Every one of the speakers had a extremely unique story and a different way of approaching design of what success meant to them and how they're sharing their work. Um, that was super impactful to see that every one of us at the end will have a slightly different career path and that's okay. We can still bond, um, you know, keep propping each other up and making the industry better making the design profession better and making each other better in the process. I think the, all the after events were also very important to get us all in a room to understand that behind every speaker, it's just a person, you know, we're all just, people trying to make it and trying to help each other out. That was really nice to be able to go up to any speaker after the conference and just have a honest conversation. You know, it doesn't have to be about what they talked about, but just how they're doing, what they're about, what they're, uh, yeah, getting out of this. It was, that part was really great. This isn't a conference where the superstar speaker is unapproachable and you can't get to them. This was everybody leveled up in the same room. So I really enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. 
That's awesome, man. You're always learning. <laughs> I mean, I, I love what you said before. You said that at yeah. school, they taught you learn how to learn, yeah. right? And I think that's extremely important. And I think more students, that should be your mantra. That should yeah. be like a life thing. Yeah. Um, that's very important. And more like, especially at conferences, because you are engaging with people from all over the country and yeah. people that you... As, as far as a physical level, you'll probably see them once a year at like conferences like this. Yeah. But I think this is where you plant those seeds and you build those relationships. Absolutely. And, and you really, like you said, you you get to know someone, and not about the, not about what they do or their profession, but you get so to they know are them really. on, a, on a human level. Yeah. You know, they have interests, they have hobbies, they like music. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, I had a couple of students. Yesterday they were like, "Oh, like I'm so nervous at networking and things like that." Gotcha. And I'm like, "Forget about the fact that we're all industrial designers or in design, and find out about the things that that person likes. Yes, and find common ground, and then go from there. Right? Take baby steps. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it's it can be pretty uh, anxious to talk to someone and someone That's right. you don't know. So yeah, yeah. Another thing is if it's somebody whose work you know or you admire or that you've been following for a while, but you haven't met them in person, I understand there might be a little hesitation or like um, a little apprehensive that that person is unapproachable and they're not gonna wanna talk to you, but they're here for a reason. I found that found that out about all the other speakers too. I mean, we're just, we're here to share our story. And if you wanna talk about that, great. I'll talk about your story as well. I'm, I mean, I'm here to absorb everything just as you are. Um, and yeah, come come talk to me. Um, I know it can be difficult to get over that initial hump, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna turn anybody down. <laughs> I don't think any other speaker yeah. did either. So that was pretty. That's awesome. good. I think I think when we are always looking to collaborate with speakers, we yeah. one like you mentioned, we want to make sure that it is a, a pretty leveled. You know, no one is above anyone else. Um, and two, just get reminded that at one point in your career you were a student once exactly. yeah. <laughs> like you you went through this right for sure um and i think a lot of rock star designers or speakers sometimes forget that when they go to conferences mm-hmm. um yeah so and i also great. like to uh, to interrupt i to be on the other side of things i like to go see people that i admire and inspire to and figure out a way that we can connect and mm-hmm. in a personal level. No, you know, it's not all about the work they do or the work that I like that they make. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I try to find that human side. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the most extroverted person that will just go up and talk to anybody, but if there's, mm-hmm. if there's some, something genuine there that we can connect about, I'll, I'll totally talk to you for hours on that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was great. It was, uh, really good mix of people a mm-hmm. lot of these people are, are my personal heroes <laughs> for sure uh I, you know like for a really long time i was always seeking mentorship like when i was younger even now i always do sure but i read this article about that said like stop seeking mentorship and start finding your heroes i think like that changes your perspective on how you think um no this is great this mm-hmm. is really i'm really happy you know you and i um we were on the IDSA Chicago chapter long time That's ago, right. man. That was what 2010, 2011. Yeah, for those of you that don't know the story, <laughs> we started um, 
in 2011 when I moved to Chicago, I was really looking to connect to the design community. Um, I knew it was out there. It was big. Uh, but I hadn't grown up anywhere near Chicago. I was new there. So the first thing I looked through or to was IDSA and how to get in to the chapter and, and start connecting with designers there. Um, and I think you had you Hector had the same idea, right? Mm-hmm. We, we we were recent grads. Let's let's connect. Let's find the design community, and and it all went from there. Um, and I do remember very early on in that era, um, you got Spencer Nugent, um, mm-hmm. who was doing his sketch a day and um, sketchaday.com. One of the first people really sharing design sketching on the internet on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. There was no Instagram. It was all Black posts, um, <laughs> core band, yeah. So yeah, things have changed pretty quickly in these few years. So you were able to recognize that he was doing something new and different and beneficial, mm-hmm. and, and get him out to come and speak to a group, a group of students. Um, Dude, that was your almost your and, first. Yeah, and that was the game, first man. time we uh, <laughs> we got together on stage. So yeah, Hector brought me on. <laughs> to be, I would say, like an opener for Spencer. You know, I had a little demo at the beginning of what I was doing. I was, I mean, a few months out of school. So going and turning it right back around to talk to students and show them what I was working on. It was pretty awesome. And then to see Spencer, who was one of my heroes at the time, of course, speak as well. yeah, that's when I knew you had a vision to to get this design (laughs) exposure and design education going. Yeah, that was nine years that ago, was, man. Almost yeah. eight, nine years ago. <laughs> things it's, go fast. it's crazy. It's crazy. Like the internet has been around for forever, but I feel like yeah. the internet in our industry literally just was born two, yeah. like four years ago. Yeah, I think we were in a yeah. pretty awesome spot where it was really ramping up and picking up as soon as we had gotten out of school. So mm-hmm. we didn't get the benefit as students as much, but as soon as we were graduates, we saw it. It's like, yeah, we need to jump on this early yep. and help anybody else that's coming through school yeah. um, that wants and craves that knowledge. I was always looking in school through design portfolios and kind of going down rabbit holes of this person's portfolio looks similar to this other person and just kind of curating my own collection of sketches that I liked and, and inspired work that I liked. Back then, Pinterest wasn't a thing either, right. so I just had to, you know... <laughs> have giant folders of everyone's firing sketches that <laughs> images, I like. Yeah, basically yeah. images in your computer. Oh, um, also, other classmates would have their own images and we would share those, you know, yeah. locally. So That's the, well the, timed, the sharing community right now online just makes it so much more accessible and easy for you to find the inspiration you want and you need for your specific niche field, niche industry. Um, skill base whatever it is that you want to look for in design there's somebody out there doing amazing work on it and, and pushing boundaries on it so yeah, yeah. we we're so in well, a well, really well, great time yeah. to find sources of inspiration and mm-hmm. those people usually end up being pretty approachable uh, these days we find out that there really is a person behind the mask doing all that work and uh, yeah i would say you have nothing to lose if somebody's work you admire Yep. shoot them a message you know they there's usually some way to find their contact info whether they're posting on instagram you know just send them a message or if they have a website that people usually have a contact form you know write them a nice email um, yeah i think we, we love to hear that and and to respond and to start 
communicating. I, I get a lot of questions through Instagram, like honest people that just want an honest opinion on something or some honest feedback. Or I love when people share their work with me and just send me a, a picture of something they're working on before they post it, before it's done. Uh, yeah, of course, I look at it and, and let you know uh, if you have a specific question or, or want my opinion on something. For sure, I'm, I'm willing to share. <clears throat> well, let's um, start wrapping things up here. I have sure. uh, a question, pretty final question. Um, so you're still a pretty young guy, right? And you have already decided to go into invest into yourself and and start your own, pretty much consultancy, right? That's right. Gone solo, gone rogue. Yeah. Um, which is like you know, very tough to do, right? It's, a, it's tough. You're you're leaving a lot of things that a company offers or consultancy, and you're you're on your own. Uh-huh. What what is your your as a designer? What is something like a legacy, like a, something you want to be known for? Or I want to leave behind. Um, yeah. My talk was pretty focused on finding your niche, which mm-hmm. is your highly specialized skill that you can do more, or you can do more time for longer periods and pretty much better than anyone you work with or better than anyone you know. Um, and just really lean into that and delve deep and hyper-focus on that one aspect. Um, that's what I want to do with my career. I figure now is as good a time as any to do it so that I can still you know, work 10, 15, 20 more years on perfecting that skill. It's never going to be perfect, but I want to get as as good as I possibly can on it um, so that I can offer just that one service to my clients, um, which is what they find me for. You know, I'm not offering everything to everybody. So it's you know, I'm really focusing on early stage concept development for product design. So concept sketches, concept generation, concept refining. And um, that's really, at the end of the day, all I want to be the absolute best at doing. Uh, I couldn't have done this five years ago. I didn't have the technical experience, the business acumen, the knowledge of how products are manufactured. Um, I couldn't have done this straight out of school. You just really don't have the life experience, to be honest, to, to be able to consult and advice on you know, the expected outcomes for these products, designing a product from, from idea, from napkin sketch to being on a shelf in a store. That's mm-hmm. depending on the complexity of it. It's about a year, a year and a half. So I think you have to go through that process, ship products, make sure they're out there, track their life cycle, make sure they're successes or failures, whatever it is, and learn why, how did that happen? What could you have done better? And you need to have several of those under your belt, I think, before you can draw on those experiences and then sell that experience to another client per se. So yeah. uh, I was at the very right point where I'd gotten six years in the bike industry, two years in the toy industry. Uh, they had a lot of commonalities, but also tons of differences as far as to how those two industries relate. Um, and I was starting to get seeked out for my specific niche skill since mm-hmm. it was the one thing that I was sharing the most of and kind of getting recognized for and becoming, uh, one thing I talked about is if you do your niche enough, you're going to start standing out above the crowd and 
kind of becoming an authority figure on just that aspect. Mm. Uh, that's hard to do if you try to focus on too many things. You won't be the authority on anything. You won't be an expert at anything. That's right. <laughs> so um, I, I do totally agree with being the T-shaped designer where you learn and have enough basic knowledge on a ton of things. But when it comes to focus and going down that T uh, line vertically, it's just pick one thing that you're very, very good at. Um, Another example also, I'm really just trying to focus on SketchUp concept generation, having a visual dialogue with a client, you know, drawing in front of them, drawing with them, coming up with a design idea with them. Um, if I have to do a 3D model, I, I mean, I did it for six years, so I'm good enough to get design for manufacturing out. When it comes to KeyShot, I'll do it, do it enough to get mm -hmm. the idea across because there's so many other specialists mm -hmm. that are artists and craftsmen at their own specific sites. So. Yeah. I'm just trying to be a craftsman of my niche field yep. and let the other experts tackle the other aspects of design. Um, this also couldn't have happened five years ago. We didn't have access and direct communication with every other specialist in every other field. Now I can talk to Will Gibbons about him doing a key shot render and um, mechanical engineer friends the next day that know exactly how this mechanism works and a process engineer at a factory the next day to figure out exactly how it's going to be made. So I don't need to be the expert on all those other fields. You just have to know what your expertise is and then know the experts in the other fields too, to make sure you all collaborate and make an awesome product together. Yep. It takes a village. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You cannot do this alone either. I would say that um, if, if I worked completely alone and didn't work with any other fields, then I would just have... Pretty much just sketches, which I mean, all you can do with those is kind of put them up on a wall and frame them. There's no, <laughs> they will not turn into product yeah. solutions that are going to affect people. So yeah. I have to work and collaborate with everyone else to make those happen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you're on, again, still super young. You're on your way to doing amazing things. The best is yet Thank to come you. for you, for sure. Okay. I mean, I'm really happy we crossed paths like a long time ago. Absolutely. Um, and now we're able to, you know, include you in, the, in our vision and what we're doing with advanced design and our platform. And um, if for those who don't know Fed Rios' work, you know, we're going to tag him on our podcast, um, follow his work. And um, thank you so much for everything you've done for us, for coming to Square One. And uh, yeah, we look forward to what, what, what is yet to come. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really think this organization's doing really good things for the field, for design, and for anybody interested, for anybody hungry for knowledge and uh, resources. I mean, yeah, I'd love to keep helping out and participating. Um, great talking to you all. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, tune in for the next episode. Take care.